All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Dropping the gloves, episode 92. Very excited. Just plugging along in season eight. Tim's here looking fresh. Hey, this Tim. is the first, first uh, earliest we've ever done, right? This is the first early morning recording. Early? We are literally, the sun is not even risen. It is 7.50 a.m. Maybe it's just a little overcast, but it is early. I got my coffee, feeling refreshed, had a good night. It's been good. I've been watching Lord of the Rings during this quarantine. Kind of Really? Yeah, we're on DVD 2, movie 2, I should say, DVD 2, because every movie has two DVDs because they're so long. It's the first so, time you've, you're watching them? Well, first time in like 10 years. Maybe Those are more. like maybe my favorite movies. They're perfect. They're unbelievable. They are so good. The graphics and the storyline and everything. Like, it's just an amazing, amazing movie. So we're on the two towers right now. And Gandalf is Gandalf the White now, and it's it's really good. Like it's, <laughs> I'm surprised. I would have thought that was a little too nerdy for you. I read all those books um, when I was playing. When I used to play, I used to get so bored on the buses and on the planes and stuff, and I and I just got tired of playing poker on my phone or cribbage on my phone or doing non-productive things. I was like, I got to read books. Like I'm getting, I'm getting stupid. So I started getting books and I started to read the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and all these other books. Like, and it, I just gobbled these ones up. I think I read them all in like a week and a half. It's, they're just so good. So the movies are unbelievable. You yeah, always hear it, about books that are, then they get a movie made for them and the movie just like is a total dud. This one like does justice to the books, a hundred percent. It's so good. Yeah, and I remember like watching them. The first one came out when I was like nine or ten, and then I, you know, I grew up watching them over and over. By the way, next year you got to get the extended edition director's cut. Each movie is like four hours. All these deleted scenes you don't even know about. 
really that's good. the ones we're watching but is it we, i think so yeah okay um it comes in the big fancy gold book yeah thing. that's probably but, it yeah, yeah but that's what we're watching so i'd seen the movies like many many times and i didn't read the books until honestly two years ago uh i think really the summer i moved out here to michigan and and i remember thinking like how familiar they felt like not just like the story but the writing i'm like this is like so modern and it's so like easy to digest and understand and then i kind of realized it's like it's not that this is familiar it's that everything that came after references this right it was it was it was a prodigy of, of these of tolkien's world and tolkien style of writing um yeah it was the it was the predecessor for so much of the other stuff that came along afterwards so that's sort of why um it feels familiar i think yeah everything kind of bit off this like even all the twilight stuff and all the like it was just a copy of lord of the rings this harry potter the, harry oh, potter yeah. this set the stage for that i don't want to say fantasy but like that kind of alter universe alter world sort of thinking and man they're so good they're so incredibly good i'm like we've been just devout every night we'll put the kids down we kind of do our bedroom routine and then we jump in bed i'm just like lord of the rings and i was like oh yeah oh yeah so we she watch like an hour oh she loves them good. which is great because she doesn't usually watch much tv or any movies and i'm just sitting there like can i watch tv or no or yes or is this okay and so she's been devouring too. And yeah, we do about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes a night. And then we go to bed. It's unreal. It's super good stuff. So, and then when we're done with these three, we're going to go back and watch the Hobbit. I shouldn't say go back, but watch the Hobbit. Yeah. Which yeah, I don't, don't think hold I've up. seen. And there's three of them. I didn't even realize that. So we're going to try to watch those. Yeah. Like one 200 page book got made into three, three hour movies. Yeah. Crazy. I guess they were just cashing in. They were just like, let's, let's just take it to the bank. Yeah. So that's what we've been up to. And that's why we're, and the reason why we're doing a morning one is we had a little issue last night. So we were all set with an interview with Steve McIntyre, Big Mac, as I used to call him in the day. I guess they probably still do. But he, we called him and he's driving in his, in his car. And so he, he turns on his camera and all you can see is his dark face with a cowboy hat. And I'm yeah. like, what is going on, Mac? He's like, hold on, I'll pull over in a gas station. We can talk. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this is, this is not how we do things at Dropping the Gloves. This is, we're an A-class organization here. So let's just reschedule. But I don't know. We had a good chat for 10 minutes, just him sitting in the, in the parking lot. He's a, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's very humble and he's very like, you know, he's scary on the ice when, when his mitts are off. But other than that, he's such a normal dude, it seems like. I know. And I, I spent some time with him a few years ago training and we didn't talk too much just because like we were still rivals, right? Like we were still in the league. We were arguably two of the top five in the league for toughness. And so it, it's hard to get close to someone. And I just personally speaking, I didn't want to get close to him. Yeah. Just because if I had to fight this guy, I didn't want to like him. And I, I just, that's how I played the game. And so like we we chatted like house things like whatever, but not, we didn't really go out for lunch or anything after training like all the other guys did. So it was cool to just talk to him for ten fifteen minutes last night. I mean, he's just a good dude. Like he's got that like little accent from Saskatchewan, the farmer accent, and he's just a he just seemed like a good guy. You know, you want to sit down and have a few beers with. Well, it's funny because it's like he's kind of the opposite of you when it comes to like fighting approach where where you kind of talk about all the fights that that didn't happen because you were out there and all and uh, you know you didn't put up half the fight 20 30 times a year in your career and he's mm -hmm. a guy that did and i'm thinking like 
And he's a guy literally who would get on the inside and just trade punches because he could take them. And the other guy eventually wouldn't. And it felt I, like I know. Being, being punched in the face had no effect on him. I, I'm going to ask him about that. And like, was it your strategy to eat seven or eight punches just so you could open that guy up and just start bombing away? Because every fight he's in, he just gets fed by everybody. Like he, he does not feel pain. I don't know what it is, but he, he, he comes out of every fight with like little welts on his forehead and his face, but the other guy is lying on the ice getting stretchered off. So yeah. it's, it's a unique strategy that I did not employ. <laughs> yeah he uh man was he tough i was just going back and looking at his fights before the interview and i was like this guy was an absolute killer like i feel like he's killer he's been punched in the face as much as anybody on the planet right now you got he's gotta be right i would think so john morasti is the only one who got hit more morasti for I, he's that guy's got to be brain dead like morasti he he's been hit in the head thousands of times by big dudes like not by little welterweights like steve ott and sean avery like big heavyweights you know yeah he's an animal but anyway so we're we're gonna interview him tonight so we we rescheduled he's gonna be at the firehouse he's a fireman no idea so he's still playing hockey he's a fireman during the interview i was like where are you coming from he's like i was just feeding the horses like what does that even what whose horses are you feeding so he definitely leads an interesting life, and we're going to dig into that tonight. He's got a, a couple hours that we're just going to sit down and chew it up. So look for that next week or the week after. We'll kind of uh, drop that. But who would have thought five years ago that John Scott and Steve McIntyre were going to be just chewing it up on a podcast? No, I wouldn't have thought it. Not a chance. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. So anyways, we're going to do that tonight and we'll, you guys will be able to hear that next week or the week after. So anyways, so we had to figure out what to talk about this morning. That's why we're doing a morning, morning episode. Tim. Yeah. Well, the other piece of news last night was the, oh. uh, and what? No, go ahead. You just looked yeah. like you were frozen. <laughs> I'm just listening, man. Okay. Um, the NFL draft. Did you watch any of that last night? I did not, but I, I, I saw the recap. Did you watch yeah. it? No, no, I don't even have TV, but I was I was kind of following a little bit on Twitter. Hold on, you don't even have TV. I don't have cable. Oh, that's right. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'm sure ESPN probably was streaming it or something. No, I'm not that I'm not that into it. But I, I did kind of want to know what's going on. Of course, the Patriots Belichick traded out of the first round as he always does. Um, but it was interesting to see that the, the kind of the talk of a night besides Joe Burrow's going first overall was the Packers. Did you see getting this? That that getting that love kid. Not just getting them, they traded up to get them. I like where, that move. Why? Rodgers, he has three years left, tops, two or three years left. Yeah, but they have like a, just an elite quarterback who's still playing like an elite quarterback. Where they were, they went thirteen and three last year. One of the won the NFC North, and then was a win away from the Super Bowl. And I feel like if they had just gotten a couple more pieces, they could be right back in the Super Bowl. But yeah. instead, they drafted a quarterback for three years from now. I agree. But I think if you're a GM and you – like GMs, they can't just plan year by year. You have to have a long-term plan. And if the quarterback is dropping, he was a projected top 15 pick, right? And if you see this guy dropping and you're just sitting there, you're like, wait a minute, why is this kid not getting drafted? And then your plans change. I'm sure he wanted to draft a wide receiver or a tight end or an offensive lineman to help out Rodgers. But – you have to kind of pivot a little bit, and you need to plan for your future at some point. They did, they did the same thing with Favre. They drafted Rodgers in the first round, and exactly. they groomed him. So, like, they obviously know what they're doing, and maybe they can address some stuff in free agency. There's wide receivers out there. 
Antonio Brown, anybody? Hello? I could see him ending up in Green Bay. Not a bad spot for him, getting Aaron Rodgers, throwing him the ball. So yeah, we'll see how that ends up. But I'm not going to slight the way the Packers do business because they do everything. It's, they seem to make the right decision always. They get rid of guys before. They're the mini Patriots without being so shrewd. You know what I mean? Without winning, well, without winning, yeah, but without getting that <laughs> reputation of just being all business. Like they got rid of Clay Matthews, they got rid of Randall Cobb, they got rid of Jordy Nelson. Those were like cogs on their team, fan favorites, and they got rid of them. They didn't get the flack that the Patriots got getting rid of all those guys who were just like studs for them for years. So it's interesting. I I love the fact that the Patriots are just in a free for all. Like just they don't know what's happening. The house is burning. The organization it just doesn't know what to do. And so they probably didn't even have a guy who knew who to pick. And so they just traded it. They panicked. They didn't even get good stuff for the pick. They got like a second and a fourth rounder. That's that's a great package for a first round pick to bump out of it. And that's Bel- Belichick, by the way, is going to draft a starter with that second round pick. And the fourth rounder guy is probably going to be a Hall of Famer. That's usually how, how it's been working for him. He's just, it doesn't matter. He, don't he's, know how f- he's playing yeah. chess and everyone else is playing checkers. It seems like football players, you get more quality in the later rounds. You know, sure. it's not like hockey where pretty much in the first round, you, you need to get a pick. And then the second and third, if you, from second to seventh, if you get one player out of that, like you did a good, good job. That's a good draft. In football, yeah. if your second, third rounders aren't playing, you're going to be fired. Well, I guess they have more guys on their roster. But anyways, we'll see. I'm just excited for the Bills. Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Call, you heard it here first. I was going to ask, what no did they do last No one's night? stopping them. They did, they did not have a pick because they traded uh, to Minnesota for Stefan Diggs. Oh, right, so, right, right. And Diggs is an absolute burner. So I'm excited to see him on the roster with um, Brown and, gosh, who's their other wide receiver? Cole Beasley. So they got a lethal offense, an absolute lethal offense. Devin Singletary coming into his own. He's on my fantasy team. Oh, heads up. The Bills are going to win the AFC East next year. Breakfast? Yeah, breakfast. Easy. Oh. Oh, what? Come on. Brunch. Or should we do lunch? Dude, dinner, the nicest restaurant in town. You name it. I'm not worried about this. You think the Patriots are going to win the AFC East next year? I think, yes. And I also think there's no, there's no way the Bills do. Yeah, no. Easy. Easy money. Really? Yep. Wow. Who's going to be the Patriots quarterback? Stidham. Who? Jarrett Stidham. Jason Stidham, the, the action actor? Jarrett. Yeah, you know it. He's like, uh, he's really good. I mean, he's not going to, he's not going to be Tom Brady, obviously, but he's, he can go out there and win nine, ten games his rookie year. I have no who problem is he going to throw it to? Edelman. And who else? I don't know. Who, 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 see who else they get. I think they signed a wide receiver yesterday or traded yeah, for one. Marquez Lee, who's an injury-prone second-rounder from like five years ago, is terrible. I don't know. I just think they're trending. To, who's their tight end? Yeah, silence speaks volumes. Your silence speaks more than anything that would come out of your mouth right now. So we'll see. Let's get on to hockey. Let's, let's just pivot to a little hockey. What do you think? Sounds good. Can I actually tell you a little bit about uh, my, my Friday night last week? Ooh. So we tweeted out. Um, hot, hot date? <laughs> right. Quarantine date. Uh, we, we tweeted out, or maybe talked about on the show, about having uh, some fans play me in NHL on Xbox for the chance to win some free merch. So I tweeted out. Uh, from the drop in the gloves account said hey who wants who want to play me like add me add me my uh my my user tag name is here um and if you win i'll send you a free t-shirt 
and if I win, you got to go buy a t-shirt. Either way, you get a t-shirt. But um, so we did two games. Some kids added me, and first kid added me was like, like maybe a high school kid, a college kid in in New York City, um, who was telling me like that city's on just total lockdown. It's kind of eerie. He said, um, but he beat me four to five, and then uh, I was played a kid I think from, from Canada, Alberta, or Saskatchewan, something like that. He had he had the the crazy accent and all the little. Uh, just the saying. You see, he sounded like those hockey players from that Letter Kenny show. Like always, little like. Oh really? Oh yeah, he's good. Uh, and funny enough, he was uh, he's buddies growing up with um, Adam Lowry for the Jets. So he had tough gone guy, out with Adam those Lowry. guys a few times. He was telling me stories of like meeting Shifley and some of the other players there, and uh, he beat me as well. So I went zero two. Tim, fifty oh. bucks out the window, sending these shirts across the world. Tim, um, come on! You said you were, like were good. I am good. My record's like fifteen and three, and you know, online. But just these two kids were pretty good, and they knew it. Obviously, they're like, "Hey, I'll I'll, I'll take some free stuff." They were both close, four to five, I think, both games. I think you my 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 downfall was letting up too many two on ones, um, and working on my my breakouts a little bit. The pressure came on, and I was just turning the puck over. So, what team do you use? Bruins. And what teams did they use? Rangers and Red Wings, maybe. No, they did not. You lost to the Rangers and the Red Wings? First of all, the Rangers are good. They're very, very good. Compared to the Bruins? I mean, yeah. Yeah, they're very good. Wow. And it's just, the team doesn't matter as much in NHL as it does in real life. So do you – is it like line changes or do you use the same line the whole time? No, it's line changes and everything. Oh, the Bruins it. have such an advantage over – like the Red Wings? Oh, Tim, that's embarrassing. You should send that guy $100 worth of stuff. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, well, they were both. They were good, and they were they were fun, uh, fun dudes to talk with. Big fans of the show, big fans of hockey, big fans of yours. Are you going to um, continue to do that? Yeah, I might do it tonight. We'll see. You don't if, get if too, don't, don't yeah. play too many video games here. I'm worried about you. <laughs> it's quarantine, man. I know we were supposed to get on with McIntyre. Tim's like, let's get on early with the McIntyre podcast just so we can strategize and talk about things. I had to call him and say, hey, Tim, are you coming? He's like, oh, sorry, I'm playing video games. Like, yeah, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't 8 o'clock yet, though. It was only still a few minutes early. You said you wanted to jump on early when you were playing video games. Life Damn. happens, John. Oh, my goodness. You need to just – I'm worried about you. Okay. I'm worried about you. You got a mustache. You're playing video games all the time. You're changing. When's the last time you went for a bike ride? I I go for a bike ride all the time, like two when days ago. When is the last time you went, though? Two days ago. I didn't go yesterday. Got to go every day. Need to go every day. Please. Went for a nice long walk yesterday. Yeah, that's that does nothing. <laughs> that does absolutely nothing. You got to get the blood flowing. All right, so what, what's next on the, the docket here, Tim? This well, 7 a.m. episode. You tweeted out um, some some fan mailbag questions. You got a couple yeah. good ones there. Do you want to go through some of those? Yeah, let's rattle those off. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, guess what? You would be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds. Hundreds of events, games, and prop wagers to bet on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they are bringing Vegas to you. Are you missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, 
the stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Everything is open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. You don't have to touch or see anybody. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online. It is your online wagering solution. All right. So, um, first one, and you sort of touched on this with your episode with Danielle last year, but maybe talk a little bit about when you have an NHL salary and, and, you know, you got money in the bank, how do you stay grounded? How do you budget that when really, I mean, and maybe some, it's more for the bigger players or they really have unlimited money. Like they have more money than they ever really, and a person needs on a day to day, a weekly basis. But how do you how do you budget that? How do you um, kind of plan financially? See, this is this is a big issue, especially in pro sports, where you need to have foresight and you need to realize that you're making all of your money in your whole life potentially in a five year window, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. And so when they get those first two or three years of paychecks, they live like they've been playing for fifteen years, and I, and I saw it for dozens if not more guys where they get that first year and they don't save any of that money they're trying to like ball out and buying their parents houses and paying off student loans and helping out all their relatives and friends and trying to bring everyone along who helped them and they want to live in the fancy house and get that big car and then the year's over and you have no money in the bank and you literally live paycheck to paycheck so I wasn't making massive, massive amounts, but I was still making a lot of money for a 25-year-old kid to make. So what we would do was I would take a percentage of every check and I would just give it to my financial advisor. So every check, I would give him a certain chunk of change that would come out of my account. I wouldn't even see the money because I would get a direct deposit and he would take it right away. And so every check, I would not even be able to touch that money even if I wanted to. And that would just go to him. And I did that for 10 straight years. And so by the end of 10 years, he calls me up. He's like, Hey, you got like this lump of money. What do you want to do with it? I'm like, just keep it. And so that's what we did. And it worked out good because now he still has it and it'll be there when I'm 55. So that's, that's my nest egg kind of for when I retired. So it's not like I'm to this day sitting on a ton of money. Everyone's like, Oh, you played in the NHL. I'm like, I did, but I don't want to use any of that money. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I was, I was smart with it. And I, had the mindset every year where this will be my last year. So I didn't ball out. I didn't go and like live in the fancy neighborhoods. I didn't buy crazy stuff. We didn't have fancy clothes or jewelry or watches or anything like that. We picked the nicest house in the neighborhood next to the nice neighborhood. You know what I mean? (laughs) So if, if you're living in Beverly Hills, I'm right on the border of Beverly Hills in a nice house. So that, that's how we, we did it and, and we made it work. But I've seen it so many times where guys, they just are broke at the end of their career. And I could list off so many guys who they pay off their parents' bills, their parent, their brother's bills, their sister's student loans. They buy houses, cars, and it's still going on even after they're retired. And I'm just like, how do you do this? And like, like I'm just paycheck to paycheck man so it really is sad and it's it's not as prevalent i guess in hockey as the other sports but it's still right there like it's just a very very scary thing players don't get that you're earning 
window is definitely shrunken in hockey. Like you, you, you're done making your money by 32 and you have to live on that money for the rest of your life. Cause a lot of these guys don't even have a high school education. Right. So it's just, hopefully you have a guy, your agent or a financial guy who can take care of you. That's, that's the one thing that saves players these days. You just have people around you who can take care of you rather than take advantage of you. All right. Good answer. And a good question from Nick. Uh, next one from a guy named Tom, who apparently doesn't listen to the show too much or doesn't know much about you because he wants to know your major in college. It's mechanical engineering. Yeah. <laughs> so I, when I went to tech, in Michigan Tech is arguably one of the top 50 schools in the country, just overall. And then I think when it comes to engineering, they're probably top 10, if not top five. It's a very, very good engineering school. When you go throughout the major companies in the States and throughout the world and you drop Michigan Tech's name, their ears perk up and they're like, oh, Michigan Tech. Like it opens doors, it gets you into conversations and people notice that name. So when I went there, they basically had two or three degrees that you could take. You could be an engineer or you could take business or you could take like nursing. And so I obviously wasn't going to do nursing. Um, if our team had 20, I think there was 28 guys, 27 guys on scholarship or on the team, some were walk-ons, 23 of them were business. And then you had the three walk-ons who were doing engineering. And then the only guys who actually took engineering who played were me and Chris Connor. So the reason I picked engineering was because I just thought business was not too challenging. And I was like, well, if I'm going to go to Michigan Tech, I might as well give a shot to engineering. I liked math. I've always enjoyed doing that. And I just went for it. I took my first year engineering, which is always the hardest, like just to kind of get my feet wet. And I did okay. And then we were off to the races and uh, I got a degree from tech and now, yeah, it, it was a good decision because I don't know. What's your degree, Tim? <laughs> You're going to laugh. What? History. History of what? What kind of history? Uh, mostly American history, but it was just a general uh, liberal arts history degree. My minor in communication. Oh, so are you living out your degree? Do you have a job in that field? No. Well, so oh. I originally, when I went to college, I was going to be a history teacher. So I was in an education program. And I was, huh. that was my plan for like 10 years. And then after like two classes in education, I kind of decided it wasn't for me. But I had already had like, whatever, three semesters worth of history credits plus two AP classes from high school. So I'm like, I'm basically halfway to a history degree and you know, halfway through a sophomore year. I'm not going to change now. Um, but I picked up the minor in it in communication instead of education and and focus really on um, the writing and, and communication that I kind of I've used in my career. But I think uh, the thing with a history degree is like and a lot of those general liberal arts degrees, it's not like the subject matter, but it's the skills that it teaches you with like the writing, the communication, the um, public speaking, the you know presenting your thesis, the research, all that kind of stuff that I've used all those skills in my job for sure. Okay. And did you retain any history knowledge? Yeah, but I mean, I yeah, I did, I did, and I've always read you know history on my own time anyway. I've always loved those books. And is it a dream of yours to go back and to be a history professor? Like, do you wish you were like Goodwill Hunting that guy? You know, like the professor smoking a pipe and just like dropping knowledge on these young minds. Is, is I, yeah, your... I could, I could go teach uh, any history right now. Any and... history. Not any history, but many subjects. Okay. In, when I retire, I want to move to uh, Gettysburg and just be a, a battlefield tour guy. Just be the weirdo who's sleeping in the in the fields. Who's that guy? Oh, that's Tim. He just <laughs> really likes Gettysburg. 
yeah, that's going to be right. you. And you're going to be dressed up as like a world war or a civil, a civil war guy. <laughs> it's gonna be hey, great. John, you got the right war. I'm proud of you. All right, I, let's keep hey, going. I like American history too. Keep going. Um, did, the so last question- war, the last war between Canada and USA, when did that take place? Never formally, but I guess the only one you can refer to is the War of 1812. And then who won that war? The United States. No. Who burned down whose Capitol building? Who burned down the White House? The British burned down our White House. Canada was not Canadians. even a country. No, the they Canadians, were not even a country, first of all. The Canadians marched all the way to the White House, burned it down, and then said, ah, we got to go. The British did, and the Americans still won that war. <laughs> it's not even a question. Canada won nothing. All right. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's the okay. next uh, question? Uh, question from Dale. And and did you play with Joel Ward in, in Houston? Was he I there did, as well? Wardo. Yeah, so he's asking, did you, did you see something in him when you guys were in Houston that the Wild organization didn't? Or did his success in the NHL surprise you as well? Um, it did surprise me a little bit, definitely. Because he played in Minnesota. Like he, he had a good stint there. But the extent of his career arc definitely surprised me to how like great he was. You know, he, he had some good time in Washington. I think he spent some time in Nashville, right? Like he, he had some good quality season in the NHL. So like you knew he was good. You knew he could handle the puck, but you, I didn't realize that he had that much talent. So maybe he just needed the guys to play with him to bring it out of him. But man, he really was a good player. And what a – just a great guy. I, I still remember him at, like, team parties and stuff. You'd walk in the door and you'd hear, can I get a red stripe? And he just really liked Bob Marley and stuff, and he would always drink red stripe beer. So it was just so funny. We'd walk in and Joel Wardo would just be, can I get a red stripe? It was so funny. That was – Houston was fun, man. It was good times. I believe it. Yeah. Um, all right, so you've been very vocal about Bickle being your, your favorite teammate. But someone wants to know who was the worst teammate on the road and why. The worst road teammate. Oh, man. Well, there's a lot of factors in this. There's guys who play pranks who are just terrible. As soon as you go on the road, they just like start cutting your tie and getting into your room and doing pranks. So guys like Patrick Sharp are awful on the road. But then there's guys who are bad in different ways where you go out to eat and you know they aren't going to pay at all. Yeah. Those, guys are, those guys are me. So I might be a bad road guy for, I try to angle, like, let's go to eat with, you know, one of the top guys, they'll pick up my dinner. And so like, as soon as the plane touches down, I'm like running around like, Jumbo, you want to grab dinner? Going? <laughs> Where are you guys going tonight? You want to grab dinner? And then the check comes, I'm like hesitating. And when I see them reach for their wallet, I casually reach for mine. Like, Oh no, I got it. I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> and they're like, I got it. I'm like, all right, you know, I'll pick up the tip if you want. So like there's guys like that who were like me, but I think the worst type of guys are the ones on the plane or the bus who just kind of toot all the time and are just kind of gross to be around. So Brent Burns, I know I, I bring up his name a lot, but he had a, a major intestinal issue with all the green foods he ate and all the the stuff he would ingest. So the protein shakes and all that sort of thing. So he would just be constantly throwing gas everywhere and he thought it was funny so he'd walk by and like just crop dust the whole plane or bus and he'd just be giggling the whole way so he was he was bad for that very bad for that chemical warfare and like yeah and he just has so much ammunition because he's literally eats like on the plane he brings his own blender and he'll blend up like a bean and spinach and arugula shake and then he's just like cocked and ready to roll like he's always got one in the chamber it seems like so (laughs) it was uh 
it was not fair and it was gross. Um, Joe wants to know a quick question right here. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Ugh. I make, I make pancakes every Sunday for the girls. I become a master of making pancakes, but my girls are here. Girls, Ava, do you like my pancakes? Yeah. Do you guys like my pancakes? Yeah. Like my pancakes still? Yeah. They all love the pancakes. If, if it's a really, really special day, we'll do chocolate chip pancakes. But usually we just, every Sunday, we, we do a little a pancake bake. And uh, the key for mine is I put sour cream in. And it what? makes all the difference. I'm telling you. I've never heard of that. It's so good. It makes them so smooth and rich. It's really, really good pancakes. Yeah. And you got to so, have real maple syrup. Real maple syrup. Are the girls just sitting watching you record right now? Fact. I have <laughs> Ava to my right and Estelle and Sophia to my left. They're sitting staring at you? Well, they're not staring with me. You got to be quiet, though. Daddy's talking to Tim. Um, yeah, they're just being very good kids. I have good kids. They're just you very do. well behaved. You do indeed. Okay. Uh, and last question here. You actually got this three or four times. I guess there's been talk, and I hadn't really followed this story too much. Hello. Um, and basically, I guess, when you know, they talk about the Seattle expansion, and, and next in line, apparently, another major candidate city is Houston. And obviously, you've played there in, in a minor league team. What are your thoughts on an expansion team to Houston? Can the city support it? What do you think there? It's interesting. I, I did a charity event right after I retired in Houston, and it was right after they had a flood. So they were, they were trying to raise money for certain causes. So I went down there, and we had a few NHL alums do a game. And they were, they were talking about that. They were pushing for an NHL team. Bettman was interested. There's a lot of money down there because of all the oil, and there's a lot of snowbirds who live down there. Like – I would like to see it like just selfishly just because I played there, but just from a sustainability factor, like they couldn't even sustain the Houston arrows, you know, and all we wanted were like three, 4,000 fans a game. So I just think Houston is a football town. It's a baseball town. Those are the big, big tickets there. And I could see it just being like another Florida or Arizona where it gets the initial hype and then it just dies off unless you have a very successful team. So, like, it works in Dallas. Dallas gets a lot of support, so you never know. But I don't know. I, I think the expansion has gone a little crazy. You know, we're having Seattle come in. That's Team 32. I don't think you need to expand any more than that. If anything, you need to take a team away and relocate it. Like, I think 32 is the limit. You, you don't want to oversaturate the market. Then the product of hockey goes down. Like you still want it to be an elite sport. If you have 33, 34, 35 teams, there's just not enough players to go around. Like it affects the actual product. So get that team out of stinking Florida and Arizona and move them to Houston, give it a shot. But no, I, like, I don't think it would be sustainable. That, that's my gut answer. As, as much as it pains me to say it, I just don't think it would work. All right. Some good questions, fans. Thank you for sending them in. Do you want to wrap up with a uh, haul or not segment, John? I got one for you, Tim. Uh, it was it. interesting. So we're going to do a show in a, in a few weeks, maybe next week, who knows, of like Hall of Fame snubs. And we're going to give like our, I guess, resume and just give our, our, our shot. So I, I was thinking of people who maybe belong in the Hall of Fame. And mine is a double. They're a pair. And okay. they, they don't really fall in the player category. They're more like maybe a hockey builder. What about Don Cherry and Ron McLean? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I would say, yeah. And, and again, like I didn't grow up watching Hockey Night in Canada. Um, 
so they don't i mean i know don cherry is i know who the, both of those guys are but they don't mean as much to like to my childhood and my hockey experience that maybe some other people like you do and canadians um but for I me mean, yeah, i would say yeah as far as like building the game making it a household events for bringing fans in from a young age and it was pretty much much watched must watch tv for those guys right in in the country of canada nobody in the whole country would miss the hockey night in canada saturday night it was Everybody is tuning in, and it's Don Cherry, Coach's Corner, for 30 years. So my only issue is, or my only concern, I should say, is this latest uh, controversy of controversy, excuse me, of him saying "you people" and the poppy issue and all that sort of thing. And he kind of he kind of stepped on some toes at Sportsnet, and Sportsnet's connected to the NHL, like they have the same circle of owners and everything. So it is. Um, I don't know. I, I just. I wish he, I hope he gets in. And if it does happen, if it's meant to be, I hope it happens before he dies. That's my only thing because he's not getting any younger. He's an older guy. He's done so much for the game. Jeez, he won a Stanley cup as a coach, but I hope they do do the right thing and they elect him when he's alive so we can enjoy it and we can celebrate him. You know what I mean? Do you think, what would you think if they inducted Don, but not uh, Ron? I would be okay with that initially, but Ron has to follow just because Ron's still working and he's still younger. He like, he, he, he still is pretty active in the game. It's like you induct Joe Thornton right now. You just can't do it. You have to give that time for when he retires maybe. So I think you do Don Cherry and you do it in the next few years, just because you got to give him that honor. The guy, he earned it. And I know he, he is a very controversial. He says a lot of, you know, outrageous bombastic things when he like just, characterizes russians or europeans or swedes or this and that he kind of does a whole blanket comment on everybody but that's just like i don't know i think he was so good for the game so i, I hope he gets in so you say yes on don cherry that's i do guy. okay yep. good i agree all right let's do a quick player and and i like doing the active players because they haven't had the chance to go through the voting yet so there's really um and the story's not complete so it's some conjecture there but we talked about ryan getzloff we talked about jason spezza and here's another player who's going to be right with those names. First, guy reaction, then we'll break down the numbers. Ready? Yeah. Eric Stahl. No. Really? Yeah, I don't know him that well. Like, I know he was a good player. He won a Stanley Cup in Carolina his first year, right? Won a Stanley Cup. Um, he has been a six-time All-Star. He won the Olympic gold with Canada. He's been a 100-point player before. He's going to have 1,000. He's at 974 now. I, I would have thought – when you For look sure. at players, Getzlaff is ahead of him, 100%. Like, I just think if there's a list of players who need to go in, he would be far down my list. Like, there's still guys who haven't gone into the Hall of Fame that are more well-deserving of him, don't you think? Yeah, but I'm not trying to uh, – let's avoid the obvious names yeah, like, yeah. like Thornton and, and Marlowe. Well, yeah, and- I agree. But even like, like a guy like Peter Bondra – like he was a stud player. He he made five or six All Star games. He he made the Stanley Cup Finals. He never won a cup, but he was like a good player, you know, in his time. And he he hasn't made the Stanley Cup. And I, and I would put him in that same category. And there's other older guys like Neil Broughton, you know, he put up almost a thousand points in a thousand games. So I just don't think Stahl stands out like a Hall of Fame guy. Like, he's an all-star. He was a very good player, but he's not a Hall of Famer. That's just my gut reaction. And I don't even know his stats. So he- you, do ha- you do have something in common, though. You were both an all-star game MVP. 
Yeah, but see, I don't even remember him being like it's not even memorable. <laughs> and maybe he has too many brothers. Maybe that's the point. People when they think of Stall, they're like, Well, is it Eric? Is it I played with one of his brothers, Mark? Is it the other guy? Like who Jordan. knows? Jordan, they all just kind of get lumped in together. So who knows? But I'm saying no. Not a hard, hard no, but a soft hard no. That's it. What okay. do you think? What do you think? Um, I would say I would lean more yes than no. I don't think it's a hundred percent, but I would I would skew towards yes. How many um points did he end up getting? So if you count playoffs, he's got a thousand twenty one right now. No, no, um, not counting playoffs because that's they don't, regular that doesn't count. Regular season, he's got nine hundred seventy four. Yeah, it's like a. I don't think that's a Hall of Fame career because how many games has he played? Eleven hundred. Yeah, no, I I think there's so many guys who fit in that category who just you if you if you elect him in then that just open opens up pandora's box well if he gets in look at all these 150 guys who have the same stats like doug Waite. he's got identical stats to doug Waite. you know what uh, i mean i like doug Waite. and doug Waite won the cup with stall in carolina i believe he's doug waite has got around a thousand points and he's not in you know there's just a lot of guys who fit in that area and they they haven't set themselves apart the hall of fame should be for the best of the best. So there's everyone in the NHL is good. Then in the NHL, there's the best players. That's probably the top 10%. And then of that 10%, you have to take the 2%. You know what I mean? Yeah. And is he in that 2% of best of the best? I don't think he is. All right. That's my, that is my gut reaction. So don't put me on the hall of fame board. No one would get in. (laughs) (laughs) It would just be nose across the board. But what are you going to do? Like, it'll probably depend on his draft class and all that. I bet he does get in eventually. Um, not. But, yeah, we'll find out. All Anything right, else, Tim? Tom? No, yeah. that's it. How are you holding up? I'm fine. Today's Friday, so I have a surprisingly busy Friday. A lot of meetings, a lot of work to get done. But weekend, we'll see if I can lose some more money tonight on uh, Xbox. Oh, man, don't get sucked into that. Don't do it. You should come out to the house with me and build. I just built a little uh, kind of header wall yesterday. It was fun um tonight i'm gonna throw some insulation in the floor and screw down my floor and then do i'm gonna build a hearth for my wood fireplace next week and then we're gonna commence with the flooring i just ordered windows so the windows should come in three to four to five weeks hopefully then we'll throw those in then we'll do the trim and then we'll put the cabinets in and get all plumbed in man it's gonna be good it's gonna be beautiful your house i'm building for you tim's gonna be beautiful (laughs) i'd be happy to help by the way we got to give a quick shout out to our friends at violent gentlemen why do we do that they sent us some stuff. Well, we're going to do a, We're going to interview them. So yeah, I love those guys. Violent gentlemen, huge, huge fans of theirs. We, um, we're trying to work out an interview with the founders. They have a pretty crazy story of how they just started their whole company and where they've gone, where they've come from. And we're trying to just get our schedules in order to do an interview with them. And they sent us a huge swag bag of like shirts and socks and, and no hats. I was a little disappointed. I guess hats take up too much space, but like so much cool stuff. I'm, I'm very, very grateful to those guys. So yeah, we're going to have them on in the next few weeks, Absolutely. which would be cool, which would be really, really cool. But anyways, stay tuned for that and stay tuned for Stevie Mac and stay tuned for Tim just giving away his money to fans. He's, that's all he's doing. If, if you haven't challenged him to a game, you guys are missing out on free, free money, basically free swag. I'm actually just, really good though. You're 0-2 so far. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. All right, everybody. I hope you have a good weekend. 
and we will talk to you next week. See ya. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Dropping Underscore Gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.